Welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Thursday, May 9th. As always, we are presented by These Home Cuts. I'm your host, Travis Karchaski. Just me today. Uh, we've been a little dark on Twitter the last couple of days. I haven't posted a tweet, I don't think, since last week. Uh, and that's my fault. I actually started a new job this week, so it's been kind of chaotic trying to figure out all the paperwork. I had my first shift on Tuesday after I did the podcast, and... Uh, been a little chaotic so i've been in truman's working so i don't really have him to help me out on that although he never really helps me out on that anyways but anyway uh so it's been a little chaotic i haven't had the chance or the opportunity really just to you put my full effort towards the podcast in terms of social media that will get better i'm not working that often i'm working about three four days a week so like we're gonna get the podcast out every single day uh, i want to get more of a consistent timing down to where we posted it at a certain time but you know that's my fault. Obviously, we gotta you know do a better time at picking out when we're gonna record. But my schedule, my work schedule, should not interfere with you know podcasting, recording, bringing guests on, stuff like that. Uh, and I, I think Truman's work will die down as the summer goes. Just you know the first week of summer gets a little chaotic. Everybody's trying to figure out you know what their schedule is gonna be for the rest of it. But once we get into that groove, uh, where we're at, once I figure out where everything's going. Uh, I expect it to be pretty much smooth sailing, although you know like something could change. But we will always, I promise you, we will always be getting an episode out every Tuesday, every Thursday at some point, uh, and never really past you know five, six o'clock Eastern um, when we'll post it. So that's my fault, and uh, I apologize. But we are here. We have a new show for you today. We have a lot to talk about. We got some MLB standings to go over. We got a little bit of football headlines and then some basketball. They'll, they'll take up the, pretty much the huge chunk of our show because so we've had some amazing couple of series, amazing couple of games the last couple of uh, nights that we have to talk about. Uh, but again, I thank God each and every single day that Truman Karczewski is not here right now uh, because the Milwaukee Bucks have won their series. They won the game last night, 116-91. to My thought process was the Celtics were going to put up a fight to try not to get eliminated. They were going to grind it out, maybe force it to a game six, uh, but they did not do it, and they did not show up at all on Wednesday night. Uh, Kyrie played like shit again, um, and you saw his body language. The whole team, they just looked like they gave up. No, there was really no fight in that team last night. It just looked like one of those games where you know they knew they were going to be eliminated. It makes no sense for them to try hard, and that's just been the Celtics, you know, this entire season almost. They've had bad body language. The stars are not playing like they're supposed to, and. It almost seemed like like last year, right? The Celtics had a, a good run in the playoffs because, you know, last year they didn't have Hayward, they didn't have Kyrie Irving. They knew they couldn't rely on the stars, so other guys, other role players had to step up. Or that was two seasons ago, actually, right? Um, when was the Isaiah Thomas? Yeah, that was two seasons ago. It it just didn't seem like um, they they knew they couldn't rely on Kyrie Irving. They couldn't rely on Gordon Hayward because they just weren't around. So the role players had to step up. Um, but now that this, this playoffs, you know, sort of rolled around, they had Kyrie Irving, they had Gordon Hayward, and it just seemed like the role players, the Tatums, the Jalen Browns, uh, they just seemed like, you know, they thought that the, you know, the Kyrie Irving, the Gordon Hayward, they were going to step up and absolutely dominate in the playoffs. And Kyrie showed flashes of his ability to dominate a game, but overall he played terribly. And I don't think the... Uh, 
war the uh, not the Warriors, the Celtics role players were willing to step up if Kyrie Irving was falling. They expected Kyrie to go off each and every single game. And when they realized he wasn't, it was too late for them to sort of step up. And you saw that in that game. I don't know where Kyrie Irving goes from here. Uh, I, I, I think he's done in Boston. I don't think he'll ever play another game there again. It just seems like he wanted so quickly to become, you know, that alpha male. And he never really took a second and breathed and realized, you know, how much better he thrives in a situation where he's the number two. Because there's really only a handful of guys around the league. Um, LeBron, Giannis, James Harden, Russell Westbrook even. You know, these guys who could actually, who are a true number one, who can actually lead your team. Um, I would actually even take Russell Westbrook out of that conversation. I really only say it's... Uh, Maybe Le- I'd say really only the true number ones in the NBA are Giannis, LeBron, and I mean guys who can actually lead their team by themselves through championship. I mean I really only stop it at those two. Uh, you haven't really seen a guy like Kevin Durant be able to do it. So yeah, I mean oh Kawhi, I put Kawhi in there so too. I mean we'll we'll see what happens with the rest of these playoffs. But I mean he's leading a pretty decent mediocre uh, Raptors team way above where they're at right now and I think him and Giannis and LeBron are the only three guys who can actually do that and Kyrie isn't a guy who can lead a team and I think he's I think he's grown up a lot this past season I think he realizes how hard it is to be a number one I think he doesn't want to be a number one anymore I think he wants to be the number two like he was in Cleveland and he realizes how difficult it actually is. So I think he'll be done. And, you know, I was watching Coward today, and Coward said, you know, Kyrie's never really embraced the city. You know, Boston's a real tough and gritty type of city. It's not like L.A. where I think Kyrie would actually thrive better. L.A. or New York where it's like a flashy city. Uh, Kyrie's a flashy player. He's not a grinder. He's not a, a work-hard type of guy, workhorse, uh, grind-it-out type of player. Fans sort of, you know, looking negatively upon Kyrie Irving. Uh, you know, I saw a lot of Boston fans giving him a lot of hate yesterday, and it's well, well deserved. And you know, Kyrie has shown not only this season but this playoffs that he just he doesn't look motivated to lead this team. He was he's not like Isaiah Thomas, who a couple years ago Isaiah Thomas was putting Boston on its back. He was leading this team. He was grinding out through really tough moments, hard moments like his sister dying. And Kyrie Irving just doesn't seem like the player that if you throw a little adversity his way, he's not gonna be he's gonna be able to climb above that. Because I just don't think he can. I just don't think he has that bone inside of him, that competitive gene that creates true Truly great players like Michael Jordan, LeBron, Giannis, these type of guys who rise above the adversity. I just don't think Le- uh, Kyrie Irving has that in him. So that's why I think you'll see him over this offseason. He'll leave, and I'm not sure where he'll go. I think New York is probably the best option for him. New York or L.A., either team up with LeBron or team up with Kevin Durant and see if you can, you know, thrive better as a number two, where not all the pressure's on you, where you're not, you know, the leader of the team, you're the number two, the number three guy, I think that'd make more sense for Kyrie, but, you know, Kyrie's his own man, um, you've seen him mature, and when you, when I say mature, I don't mean he is a leader anymore, because he's, I just don't think he has that, that bone in his body that could really lead a team to a championship, but you've seen him mature where, 
you saw this season he actually apologized to LeBron supposedly, and you know they've gotten back together, they've repaired their relationship, and you know that's a good thing if you're a uh, um, if you're a fan of Kyrie Irving and LeBron teaming up again. You know that's a good thing, and we'll see what happens though. I think I'm rambling on a little bit as I tend to do, but I think Kyrie Irving is going to thrive better in a situation where he's number two and not number one. I think the I think the Celtics overall. When they realize that they don't have a Kyrie Irving to rely on, they don't have anybody, and the role players, the young guys like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, they got to step up. They can no longer hide behind Kyrie Irving's skill. Gordon Hayward's a shell of his former self so far. It's what I've seen. And one of these guys has got to step up. And it's gonna. I think we're going to see an increase in production from Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown next year. So hopefully, you know, that's the ideal situation for the Celtics because I don't think they'll re-sign Kyrie Irving. And to be honest, I don't think they'll want to re-sign Kyrie Irving because Kyrie Irving, I mean, if we can just flat out be honest on this show, which we tend to be, he's not what he used to be in Cleveland. I mean, you saw when he was with the Cavs without LeBron, you know, growing up, the pressure wasn't really on him because there really wasn't much pressure to go to the playoffs. It was just to build a team decent enough to where LeBron would want to come. And once LeBron came, LeBron took over. Kyrie Irving was able to slide to that number two role and even, you know, use Kevin Love to sort of be, you know, a mini version of a number two on a team because Kevin Love was there too. Um, but LeBron took all the heat. When something went wrong, it was all on LeBron's shoulders. It wasn't on the coach. It wasn't on Kyrie. It wasn't on anybody else like but LeBron. But when you go to Boston to be the number one, um, all that heat when the team starts playing, you know, poorly, it there's no LeBron there to stop it. There's no number one. It's all on Kyrie's shoulders, and I don't think Kyrie liked that at all. And I think Kyrie um, shrunk in those situations. He didn't rise to the challenge like we thought he could, but that's the way you know it rolls, and that's how Kyrie Irving ended up leading his team to a second round exit and giving the Bucks their first playoff series win since 2001. Not their first playoff series win. Their first trip to the Easter Conference Finals since 2001, led by the shoulders of Giannis Atatakumbo. Truman Karczewski is absolutely celebrating right now in Columbus where he's working. I think we need to I'm obviously a Bucks hater. I think we need to slow the horses, slow the roll here on the Bucks hype just yet. Um they're going to be facing either a very talented 76ers team or they're going to be facing Kawhi Leonard and a bunch of decent role players uh, in the next round. So we'll see what happens with that. Let's get to that series right now. Uh, so 76ers and Raptors. The Raptors are up 3-2 to two right now. Uh, the game 6 is tonight. The Bucks, I'm not the Bucks. The 76ers, their backs are against the wall right now. They need to force a game 7 and... I'm not sure what we're going to see out of these the 76ers team. This series and this playoffs uh, overall, you have seen a tale of two different 76ers teams. You see the good 76ers teams where you know they have all four All-Stars playing at the top of their talent, playing together perfectly with J.J. Redick as the spot shooter. You've seen that work perfectly. And then you've seen the other tale where it's just completely falling apart, where most of the season we've seen this 76ers team, um, superstars aren't playing well. And next thing you know, everybody starts to play bad. Joel Embiid starts to look shitty on the bench. He has shitty body language. And next thing you know, the 76ers are getting their um, asses handed to him. And I think we saw that in the last couple of games. Talked about it on Tuesday's show. 
sorry about that. If you can hear my dog's uh, tags rambling on in the background, she's itching herself right now. She's in the room. We usually don't let Bella in the room while we're recording, but uh, I'm the only one here right now, so she got a little lonely, so she wanted to come in. But move on. Let's, we're talking about basketball right now. Apologize if you hear her move around a little bit, though, because she is in the room with me. Um, but 76ers, yeah. Uh, when Joel Embiid starts to uh, play poorly, when he starts to have bad body language, he's really the leader of that team on the court. As much as you know, maybe Jimmy Butler tries to be, uh, it's really Joel Embiid's team, in my opinion. But their backs are against the wall. We've seen, you know, in the last years with the Nets, when their backs were getting sort of pushed against the wall when they got cornered, Ben Simmons stepped up in a huge way. I think he went like. Uh, nine for twelve or something. I don't know. He he went off though in that game when his back was against the wall. Ben Simmons when he gets called out, he got called out by Jared Dudley. He tends to thrive, and we'll see what happens in this game. Uh, there's been excuses thrown around this entire series by the 76ers and their fans talking about how they're sick, about how a sickness is going through the locker room right now. Again, no excuses. To win a championship, you have to rise above adversity. And the 76ers have not been able to do that so far this season. But we're going to see that now in Game 6 tonight. We're going to see if they can rise above it. If they can stop the absolute force that is Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, in my opinion, is a top 5, possibly even top 3 NBA player. Um, I wouldn't put him top 3. I mean, right now, no order. It's LeBron, Giannis, Kevin Durant, Kawhi, and maybe James Harden, I would say. Uh, though that's probably my top five right now. Kawhi has erased all doubts that were casted upon him last year when he sat out with his alleged injury, which we're doing in air quotes right now. He's erased all doubt, and he's actually had an amazing series. He's averaging you know, under 40 points, right under 40 points right now. He's going off, and like I said last show, you can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him. And we're going to see now if the 76ers, you know, their back's against the wall, this is an elimination game. The Raptors are 3-0 in elimination games the past couple of years. They can fight back from this. They can win this easily. But it's up to the 76ers to stop them. And this it's going to be, you're going to be able to tell pretty early on if this is the 76ers team that is going to win this series, could possibly win the finals, or a 76ers team that you know is going to fall back. I mean, what you see with the 76ers is they're basically a mini version of the Warriors. They have almost all the talent in the world to win an NBA championship. They have four all-stars on their roster, just like, well, I guess you can count five with DeMarcus Cousins, but just like the Warriors, they have almost the same level of talent. They have a pretty good bench, um, but you've seen, you know, with the Warriors, their chemistry is a little bit better than the 76ers. I think Jimmy Butler is really difficult to play with. I'd put Jimmy Butler in that Russell Westbrook category of guys who it's almost impossible to play with. And, succeed and thrive with and i think we've seen that with the 76ers but game six tonight they're gonna come in they're gonna be hot i think they're uh pretty angry right now their name has been dragged through the mud and if the 76ers can play well they can obviously go as far as they want to go if they fix this team and fix this chemistry so we'll see what happens in that series um let's talk about the next series warriors versus rockets we had the game uh last night game five the uh, Warriors ended up winning 104 to 99, taking the lead 3 to 2. With that, though, comes a very, very, very high level of fear and angst from last night. 
following Kevin Durant's exit in that game. People were worried that it was an Achilles injury. I was worried it was an Achilles injury because I say it time and time again. Once you get an Achilles injury, you're basically never the same player again. Uh, and that's all sports. But thankfully, the MRI showed today that it wasn't an Achilles tear or anything wrong with him like that. Uh, I'm not sure what the exact injury was, but he has been ruled out for Game Six. Um, he will be not. He will not be playing. I'm not sure who they'll have starting in the lineup in place of him. Uh, and I'm not sure when DeMarcus Cousins plans on coming back, but take a deep breath. The Rockets, I think the Warriors were favored pretty heavily in this game. Uh, then the Kevin Durant you know, injury came down. He was ruled out. And next thing you know, uh, all the lines went completely in the favor of the Rockets. Take a step back, though, and realize what this Warriors team looks like now. So instead of Kevin Durant, they have Steph, Draymond, Clay. Uh, uh, a group of guys that they won a championship with and were you know, a Kyrie Irving uh, pull-up jumper away from winning another championship and a 73-win best regular season team of all time. But uh, they do not have Kevin Durant now. They got Kevin Durant. They won back-to-back titles. They don't have Kevin Durant anymore um, with this game. I still think the Warriors are going to win this series. I still think they're going to win this game, close it out in six. They're 26-1 in the last 27 games without Kevin Durant. They don't have much of a drop-off when you lose Kevin Durant because the Warriors are just, they're built differently. This team is it has layers of success. They're not like, you know, the Bucks or, you know, the Celtics or, or the Raptors. When their star player goes down, their number two is good enough to be a one on any team. Their number three is good enough to be a two on any team. And they just step up and they just reload with the talent. I mean, Andre Iguodala comes off the bench and he should be a starter on almost any team in the NBA. Steph Curry would be the leader on almost any team in the NBA. And you see it with the Bucks or the Celtics or the Raptors. When their number one guy goes down, when Kyrie, uh, Giannis, or uh, Kawhi goes down, the team becomes a pretty average, mediocre team. Not the Warriors, though. They, they don't become better, I would say, because, I mean, you're not going to be better when you lose the best player in the game right now. Um, but they just, they're still the Warriors, and I don't think that changes. And I think what this is going ha- to do is it's going to take the, the Rockets, right, and they're going to maybe downplay the Warriors a little bit. You know, they don't have to worry about Kevin Durant. And next thing you know, Steph Curry realizes he's got the weight of the team on his shoulders, and he just shoots the lights out of the building and they end up winning and finishing out this series in six. Cause I, so I could easily see that happening. But, again, we'll uh, have to watch the game uh, the next – we'll have to watch game – when's game six? Game six is uh, Friday? Yeah, Friday, game six at 9 o'clock. So make sure you tune in for that. Next series, though, we wanted to talk about last series – the most untalked about series, the Nuggets versus Trailblazers. And in good reason, because the game tonight's on at 10.30. I know a lot of people don't want to stay up till 10.30 on the East Coast to watch this series. But it has been a really fun series, actually. You know, it's 3-2 right now in favor of the Nuggets. Um, it's been a pretty back-and-forth series. I could easily see this um, series going to seven games. That would not shock me uh, one bit at all. Um, Joe Kick has been an absolute star in this game. I mean, Damian Lillard has really shown himself. CJ McCollum can put up uh, 40 points anytime he wants. It seems like it just you know it just happens. Jamal Murray's a very good player. 
So that's the series there. I mean, there's not much to talk about. I mean, it's been a pretty good series back and forth. It's just not talked about as much as the other series because it's on the West Coast. It's a late night game, late nights games. Most people don't want to stay up for that. Um, and I haven't really stayed up for any of these games. I just watched the highlights. Um, I should probably watch it, but I just don't. I mean, it's telling 1030. I'm, I'm a, a, an early bird. I don't really like to stay up that late. Uh, so that's why... Uh, I don't really get to watch many Nuggets or Trailblazers games. But I, I think I'll tune in tonight, 10.30. I'll try to stay up so I can give you more in-depth analysis because I think this is going to be uh, a really good game. I think the Trailblazers will win, and I think they'll take it to 7. Um, and basically all they're trying to win is who gets the privilege of getting absolutely destroyed by the Warriors or maybe the Rockets, but I think it's going to be the Warriors. So that's it for the four playoff series, but we are not done with basketball yet. Even without LeBron in these playoffs, we still find a way to talk about him and his drama that he consistently provides with whatever team he goes. Um, I think people are starting to see LeBron for what he actually is, and they're starting to see how difficult he actually is to play with and uh, compete with and how hard it is to build a team around him. He should be the easiest player to build the team around. I mean, he's the best player supposedly in the NBA. I think it's Kevin Durant. Um, so he's a top three player in the NBA. He should easily attract talent around him, but people are seeing just how difficult it is to play with LeBron James. Ty Lue has reportedly backed out of his situation there. They were in talks with the contract there. Ty Lue wanted a five-year deal. They wanted a three-year deal. Um, and they were far away on that. And then I guess the Lakers wanted to hire Jason Kidd as an assistant. Uh, Ty Lue wanted Fred Vogel. And next thing you know, it just got messed up and Ty Lue decided to back out. So where do the Lakers go from here? Reportedly, they're interested in Jason Kidd. Uh, Brian Shaw from the, uh, where is he at now? He was formerly the head coach of the Nuggets. But he is now uh, assistant coach. He got fired there from 2015. He's now an assistant coach with the Lakers. So that would make sense, obviously. Um, he's with the Lakers for a long time. Former player Brian Shaw, if you don't know that. Uh, former point guard, NBA point guard. 14 seasons in the NBA. And then everybody knows Jason Kidd, right? Jason Kidd is one of the best players in NBA history. Right up there. And, you know, his time with the Bucks and Nets was, you know, I think you give him credit for helping to rebuild the Bucks, And, you know, you could even say it the Nets. But uh, he got fired from the Bucks uh, last year. And he's still looking for a job. So, reportedly, though, I heard today that there are people around Jeannie Buss, the Lakers owner, who are kind of urging her to trade LeBron James. And I've been saying it behind closed doors for a couple of months. Uh... I don't really. I, I would understand if they decided to trade LeBron James. I think it's so stupid, though, in today's sports media world that you get so much backlash for even mentioning the idea of trading LeBron James. I mean, it's not the dumbest decision in the world. I think it would actually make sense in a standpoint you could get some stuff back for him and get that sort of. I'm not going to call him a cancer because he's not a cancer. I mean, he wins championships. Get that sort of headache. Yeah, headache makes more sense. I guess cancer is like Russell Westbrook in my opinion. And uh, headache is like the level below that. And that's where I think where LeBron and Kyrie sort of lie. They work well together, but when they're separated, it just does not work. And it just doesn't work wherever they go. And they tend to frustrate teams. But 
LeBron, I think he's got a no-trade clause, so that would be kind of hard to do that. But he's just killing that Lakers organization. Honestly, a couple years ago, when the Lakers were acquiring young talent, they were on a pretty good rise. You know, they had Luke Walton. They had a young head coach. They had some young, good pieces around him. Then LeBron came in, and he was supposed to, you know, supposed to rejuvenate all of that and, you know, make it grow better. And he just kills it. And it's just like... It's just insane. You know, it's like spraying weed killer on like a flower. Like the flower's growing. It's getting there. It's not there right there. But then you spray a bunch of weed killer on it and it just dies. And I think we're seeing that with the Lakers. It's imploding right now before our very eyes. And that's because of LeBron James. And I get a lot of heat for that, my takes on LeBron, because you know I grew up around Cleveland. I grew up in the LeBron James era. A lot of the people I know, a lot of my friends are Cavs fans. And they, you know, it's like against their religion if you you know talk bad about lebron james me and truman both don't like him but it starts to make more sense i think people are starting to realize how difficult he is to play with um and it's just like it started with them him trying to trade his whole team away to get the to get anthony davis that didn't work out and now you know he's scaring off potential coaching clients you know and next thing you know the ownership's starting to talk bad about him and the lakers are just doing a bad job of keeping it all in-house, you know, you're starting to see the whole Magic Johnson thing come through. I mean, it's just not, it just doesn't make sense to me, but we'll see what happens. Obviously, it's what we always do on this show. We'll see what happens. We'll see how the situation unfolds. I don't believe they'll trade LeBron James. Uh, I think it would be an absolute shock if they did. I just simply do not believe they'll do that. Um, and I think we'll see a lot of rumors coming out because the Lakers cannot hold this information in. We've seen that. So we'll see a lot of rumors start to pop up if there's serious interest there. Right now it's just sort of, uh, you know, they're just sort of collecting the wood and the kindling to get it, you know, get the fire lit on that, you know, trade LeBron James fire. So we'll see what happens. There's starting to be a little bit, maybe a little bit of smoke coming up from that. But I just don't think we'll see, you know, in the long run, I don't think we'll see the, the, uh, um, Lakers trade LeBron James, but it would make, make sense to me, but, um, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, but that's it for basketball talk. We're going to move now to some football, but before that guys, you know what I'm going to say, you know, we're talking about these home cuts. These home cuts is the best place around Northeast Ohio for a great haircut at a low price for only $7. These home cuts will provide you with a modern haircut and styling. Uh, these home cuts has been the barber of me, Truman, and about 90% of the guests on our show consistently does a good job, consistently charges a fair and low price, um, and it goes all straight to Dom, so you don't have to worry about your money going to some big corporation. I mean, don't let Great Clips mess your shit up. You know, Great Clips is going to screw you up almost every single time. These home cuts will provide you with professional cut. I mean, you roll into Great Clips, and these, these people are just standing around, they're just trying to get as many cuts done as possible because they want a big tip. And they walk in. They don't really care about you and how you look. They just want you to get in, get out, so they can get another person in their chair. And that's different with Dom. Dom wants you to kick back. He wants you to stay a while. He's got video games for you to play. He's got refreshments in the lobby. Just chill out. He's going to cut your hair. He's going to treat each and every single piece of hair with the love and care it deserves. And he's going to have you looking your best. He's going to give you suggestions on how to cut it, how to style it, just to make you look your best. So go ahead and check him out at D's Home Cuts on Instagram. Send him a DM if you truly want to look your best. I mean, if you don't want to, that's fine. Um, just don't expect 
to be looking your best if you're not getting your haircut at these home cuts. So check them out on Instagram, these home cuts, professional haircuts at a low price. So let's move on now to football. Uh, I talked about it in the last show with the compensatory pick formula that there was not going to be, there was going to be a huge wave of signees coming in, and we saw that uh, on Wednesday. So let's get into that right now. Iggy Ansa was signed to a one-year deal with the Seattle Seahawks, trying to replace Frank Clark, in my opinion. That was what the Seahawks were trying to do, and they did that, um, in their opinion, on Wednesday. By signing Iggy Ansa to a one-year deal, this is a prove-it deal. This is a you know one-term type of thing. One, This is your opportunity to see if you can get back to that 14-sack season he had a couple years ago. Um, now with the Seahawks, I saw this today. Uh, they have signed now, or they've at least had on roster, 6 out of 10 of the top 13 draft picks of 2013. 2013 was an absolute shitty NFL draft. I mean, I'm just going to read you the top 10 pick here, top 10 picks here, and I'll tell you where they're at right now. You go Eric Fisher is the number one pick. I mean, he's been a pro bowler. Uh, he's been okay. Uh, I mean, he's held down that line for the last couple years. So, I mean, I guess you could say it's not a bust, but he hasn't been, you know, absolute amazing player but he's been all right Luke Jockle I don't even think he's in the NFL anymore Deion Jordan's with the Seahawks trying to make it back into an NFL career Lane Johnson was a great pick I mean he's still with the Eagles Ziggy Ansa, I mean he just got signed yesterday like I said Barkevius Mingo absolute bust now with the Seahawks Jonathan Cooper was picked by the Cardinals seventh overall he has not done anything Tavon Austin's with the Cowboys you know not really doing much that was number eight Number nine, D. Milner uh, by the Jets. He's not even in the NFL anymore. Chance Warmack was picked number 10 by the uh, Titans. He's not even in the NFL anymore. DJ Fluker, offensive tackle from for the Chargers at number 11. Uh, he's still playing around, I believe. Um, I'm not really sure where he's at. I can look it up. Um, and then DJ Hayden, number 12, was picked by the uh, DJ Fluker. Yeah, he's with the Seahawks right now. Um, yeah. He's still with the Seahawks, okay? And then DJ Hayden at 12 was picked by um, the Raiders, and he's done nothing. So, I mean, it's just like that, that 2013 draft was absolutely atrocious. And, uh, you know, now that the Seahawks have Ansa, I mean, they're going to hope to get him back to that form he was a couple years ago. Injuries have sort of derailed his career a little bit. And to get it back onto the tracks would be, you know, a huge uh pickup for the Seahawks. I mean, it's a one-year deal, prove-it deal. Not much money invested. It's just, it makes sense uh, for them. And I was surprised he actually lasted this long because he is a talented pass rusher when healthy. It's just, he's never healthy. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, but other than that, though, I really don't think there's much else to talk about. Oh, yeah. So we talked about Tuesday, um, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys salary cap situation. They're going to be having some issues here soon with the Cowboys and their, their uh uh, salary cap. So today it came out that they have actually Stephen Jones, uh, Jerry Jones's son, came out and said that they have started to engage in talks with Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper. He mentioned Ezekiel Elliott a little bit, said he wants him back, but he did not mention Jalen Smith. Sorry about that. That's my dog coming in here. He did not mention Jalen Smith. He did not mention Byron Jones. Um, so and again, he actually really didn't talk that much about Ezekiel Elliott. He didn't say they engaged in talks. Just with Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott. So that's interesting. Something to definitely, definitely keep an eye out for. But baseball. Uh, I'm not sure if you realize this, but Mike Fires threw a no-hitter uh, the other day. He threw it yesterday. Actually, No, he threw it 
Tuesday, sorry about that. Uh, pitcher for the Oakland A's this is his second time throwing a no hitter. He threw one in 2015 uh, for the Astros. I think it was like a week or two after he was traded from the Brewers. Um, but Mike Fires threw a no hitter. I'm not sure if you knew about it, or even if you did, it might have been just a little thing you heard about. Um, but Mike Fires, no hitter. And that just shows me, because I don't think it was really that publicized anywhere. It just shows me that no hitters are really becoming, I mean, it was. You know, not that cool as they once were, if that makes sense. We talked about it on previous episodes, that a no-hitter is just, it's lost its mystique. I mean, as a baseball fan, I would love to go to a ballpark and watch a no-hitter live. I mean, that would be so much fun. I've never witnessed it. I've never really come close. Uh, or even just watch it live on TV, you know, watch the whole game. That would be cool. The closest I've ever come was, I think it was Carrasco a couple years ago with the uh, Indians, obviously. They were playing the Rays. And he got all the way to the ninth inning, two outs, two strikes versus Joey Butler, an outfielder for the Rays, who actually ended up joining the Indians a couple years later. Uh, and he got a hit, a single off of Carrasco. So that was a killer. But anyways, not anymore. I feel like in press, it's just like a no-hitter is like cool, and it's just like a little footnote now. It's just not that exciting anymore for you know average baseball fans, which sucks because, I mean, it's still an impressive accomplishment. But, you know, we've just seen a lot more of them over the last couple of years, and I think that's added to the loss of mystique that's been going on. But that's it right now for that. That's no-hitter Mike Fires. I mean, we only spent two minutes talking about it, and it's one, one of the coolest things in sports, you know, a no-hitter. So that's it for Mike Fires. Let's do it on Thursday like we always do. Let's check in on the standings. We're approaching that Memorial Day deadline where pretty much everybody says – once you, re- once you reach Memorial Day, you can kind of tell where a team is at, you know, what their talent level is. Um, and we'll start with the American League. Tampa Bay Rays are still in number one uh, spot in the AL East. Um, they have, uh, you know, continued to play well. They've went 6-4 and four in their last 10, um, and they are still holding that number one spot. Number two in the AL East is the Yankees, two games back. And then three, the Red Sox who the Red Sox this last couple of weeks, they've actually been playing really well. Two-game win streak right now. They've won 8-2 in their last 10, uh, and they are now fighting back. They're the third spot right now in the AL East, and they are five games back. Speaking of the AL East, though, we are still watching the Toronto Blue Jays because we're still trying to see what Vlad Guerrero is doing here. Um, He's batting 162 right now, not great. Still has not hit a home run yet. But he's young in his career. He's still trying to adjust to pitching. So we're not going to hate him too much. AL Central. We're going to go now with the Twins. They still have that number one seed. They've won 7-3 in their last 10. They've won three straight. Sitting at the number two spot is the Indians. Still trying to get back up there. They're four games back right now. Um, they've won four and six in their last 10. They did win last night off a, you know, a walk-off home run from Jose Ramirez who hopefully is turning a corner. You know, a walk-off home run can usually spark something in a team, you know, maybe galvanize it a little bit more, and hopefully that's what's going on because I'm getting tired of seeing these Indians games where they're getting, you know, two hits, and our pitching gives up two runs, and we end up losing 2 nothing. I'm just getting sick and fucking tired of it. Um, AL West, the Astros are leading that right now. 22-15, and 6-4 in their last 10 Right behind them, though, is the Mariners, three games back at the number two seed. But their hot start has not been um, 
carried out for the last couple of weeks. They have two and eight in their last ten. Uh, they won yesterday, which stopped a pretty long skid for them. So we'll see what happens with that. But the Mariners are sort of falling and sort of falling fast. A uh, NL East right now. We're going to go to the Phillies. Uh, they are have they have that number one seed. They are seven and three in their last ten with a win streak of two. Checking in though on Bryce Harper, he is batting 231 right now. It's only seven home runs. Hoskins has been on an absolute tear. I mean, he's batting 295 with uh, 11 home runs. I mean, that's just insane. But um, that's what you're going to get out of Harper. He's a 230, 240 hitter, and he'll get you some home runs. And he's like a he's a sexy centerpiece. But he's just I don't know what's going on with him right now. Braves are number two right now in the NL East, three and a half games back. They've lost three straight, five and five in their last uh, ten. And then the Mets are right there, four and a half back at the number three spot. Um, but they're actually sort of struggling right now. They're three and seven in their last ten, uh, and they lost last night. NL Central, the Cubs still are leading that division with a record of 21 and 13. Uh, they're nine and one in their last ten. They've won two straight that... Uh, Coming off that, actually a pretty long win streak. I think it was like seven or something like that. Seven straight games or something. I don't know. But they've been killing the ball lately, and they are still winning uh, games. But the Brewers, Brewers have won five straight. They're eight and two in their last ten. And they have bounced back up to the number three seed with a record of 23 and 16. Only half a game back right now. They've won six straight, like I said, and it's just been an absolute missile for the Brewers the last couple games. They play differently at home, the Brewers. Um, They just seem to play a lot better at home. When they have these long road streaks, they tend to fall back. But when they get to home, they absolutely kill it. Christian Yelich, I mean, he has – how many home runs does Yelich have right now? Yelich has uh, 16 home runs, and I think 15 of those are at home right now. So they actually play well at home. Third, though, in that division, 21-16 and is the Cardinals – they had a hot couple of weeks, but they have cooled off. They've lost two straight, four and six in their last ten. Last division to talk about, though, is the NL West. The Dodgers are leading that division still uh, with a record of 25-14, and 14, which I believe is the best record in baseball right now. Let me give that a quick fact check. Yeah, best record in baseball right now is the Dodgers continuing to kill the ball. Uh, they're 7-3 in their last ten, and they have won three straight. So that's it for the roster not the roster the standings update uh baseball like i said memorial day is pretty much the cutoff day when is memorial day the 27th so we got about two and a half more weeks before we really get to see what a team's made of uh where they're at in the standings that's when you can start to get nervous as a fan if they're you know still in third or fourth or fifth place come uh memorial day so that's when you can start to worry so we're not worrying too much yet about the Indians, but it's the worry button is sort of out on the table, waiting to press it. Um, but that's it for our show today. We want to thank you to our sponsors, D's Home Cuts. Uh, we ask that you go onto iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, give us five stars, rate, review us, and subscribe. Leave a comment if you liked it, if you didn't like it. Any feedback is good feedback. Any press is good press. So go ahead and check us out on that. Truman should be back next week, uh, but watch our Twitter at TNT Sports Talk 1-2 for that. Uh, we, I'll give you an update with that. And we're going to start now that the summer is sort of in full swing. You know, There's still some colleges on break, I mean on in school, but most of them are coming off break this week. So we should get some more uh, 
guests in here. First week's a little chaotic, so it's going to be a little bit better. Uh, and we're going to have a hot summer, guys. It's going to be huge pack summer. We're still waiting on some athlete interviews to get done. We got some guests coming in here. We're, we're covering the basketball league, Medina Backyard Basketball Association. So we have a lot of stuff coming up. We're excited. It's going to be a fantastic summer, and we cannot wait for you guys to join us along that ride. So go ahead and wait for Tuesday's release. Tuesday's episode is going to be absolutely amazing. Uh, so tune in for that. But other than that, have a great day, guys. Thanks.